Spider-Man listeners. This is Eddie, and I'm here with... James B. A third podcast in a row. This guy is hosting. How about that, James B.? Um, yeah, we won't make a habit of this. <laughs> fine, fine. All right, well, we're going to look at Spider-Man number 24 and 25 in this podcast today. Uh, this first one that goes on, Spider-Man Goes Mad... Um, I love the stated offbeatness of this comic, just to start off with. I mean, I promise I'll be offbeat, which is never particularly hard for me. Um, James B., right away, we see Spider-Man in some serious turmoil here on the psychiatrist's bed. Uh, Have you ever been hounded by ghosts of your past, James B.? You know, we usually run long on these podcasts, Eddie. You can uh, you can stop all these all these terrible questions and just keep moving on, buddy. That's too bad. This is an offbeat issue. <laughs> all right, fine, fine. We'll move on. So we start off, and Peter Parker is getting a delivery for six seventy five, and inside the box is a hat for uh, Aunt May's latest tea party with Miss Watson. James B. When's the last time you bought a hat? Let me let me know. About, how about a hat for a tea party? Yeah. You know, I'm looking at the 675 here, Eddie, and I'm thinking cash on delivery 675 for a package. That's actually a pretty good deal these days. Like, I'm thinking this is really expensive back in 1964 or 65. You know, like that's a lot of money for a delivery. I, I mean, is that the? You think that's the item and the shipping? I am super impressed at how expensive Aunt May for someone who is hard up for cash. I mean, it does seem like a lot of money to spend on a tea party hat so it's got to be both right yeah it's got to be the shipping and the hat did you um did you notice that there was a tea party in this issue eddie no i did not notice there was a tea party in this issue was there a tea party in this issue uh, there was did not. i miss it there was oh, not a thank tea party. goodness jeez i would love i i i'd love to go to, i'm gonna have to buy a hat for a tea party soon well all right james b we'll move on from the tea party hat and the delivery so uh peter parker gets his hat for aunt may and then he goes swinging around town and he sees some some kind of usual criminal criminals at which point he says all right i'll hook my camera up here and i'll swing down and beat him up as spider-man unfortunately spider-man rumps into none other than frederick foswell um so foswell is there and he messes things up for spider spider-man because uh i mean he thinks that foswell is going to be like peter's pictures have you know are clearly happened when i was there but i didn't see peter i feel like out of all the ways that people kind of lie their way out of situations particularly peter to cover his um, spider-man secret identity this would not be hard but whatever so peter heads to the daily bugle um to look for scoops and he he bumps into betty and he he like literally like bumps into betty's stuff and a letter from ned Leeds from europe falls into his hands uh betty is upset peter finds the letter Peter refers to Betty as my girl. What is going on here, James B? Betty and Peter, like, what what is going on? Yeah, so you know I'm the, uh, this is my favorite part of the Spider-Man stories lately, is keeping track of Peter and the women. In issue 22, they're dating, and they have that whole incident that they talk about because of Dory Evans, and she forgives him from the Dory Evans incident. That's the Human Torch's girlfriend. He's like, I didn't even know her. And she's like, okay, fine. And they go to that art exhibit together. And then it was 23 that at the beginning she says, oh, I should have told him about the letter. And then he finds the letter. And then later she tells him again, oh, I forgot to tell him about the letter. So like, or, or Peter's like, she still hasn't told him about the letter. So he's kind of upset about this letter. He's been carrying this grudge with him for an entire issue. So by the time he gets here, the letter is the only thing that's really bothering him. 
Um, so that's why that's why he's having such a hard time referring to her as my girl and all that stuff. So he he thinks they're going out. He's just waiting for this letter information to drop. By the way, uh, I want to go back to this Foswell thing you brought up earlier. I disagree with you completely. I think if he was like, oh, I took these pictures and gave them to Jameson, I absolutely think that a guy who was qualified enough to be the big man around the crime organization could figure out, wait a second, I didn't see Parker anywhere nearby and I saw Spider-Man there. I think he could put two and two together. I, I couldn't disagree with you more. I think he, he did the right thing by, like, hightailing another about the photos. I mean, all right. I, I will say I'll never underestimate Frederick Foswell. He's proven to be far more apt than we ever suspected when we first met him, for sure. But the, the quantity of lies that are, like, I don't know. There's, there's so many loopholes here and there. All right, whatever. You win this one, James B. I'm moving on, okay? So Peter's at the Daily Bugle. He picks up the letter. He's like, ugh. Betty's right in the net again. He's all upset, as stated before, and I'm glad you're keeping track of it because I have a lot of trouble keeping track. Um, and he goes swinging off, um, to which uh, J. Jonah Jameson decides to run a smear campaign against Spider-Man by sending out reporters. And the only interviews he's collecting are the ones that like portray Spider-Man in a in a terrible light. So who who other none other than good old Flash shows up to kind of defend Spider-Man to the reporters and otherwise. Um, while he's doing that, ironically, Liz uh, asks Peter to help him go and study, and Flash gets upset again. This is, I think this is a pretty rough issue for Flash for a long time, actually. So anyways, uh, J. Jonah Jameson's in the Daily Bugle, and this psychiatrist shows up and basically convinces him that Spider-Man is going to have a breakdown for one reason or another. Peter reads this in the newspaper, and it's like, oh my god, Spider-Man's going to have a breakdown. I am going to have a breakdown. He's like, he's freaking out about this. So um, Peter, he needs to meet the psychiatrist, but Flash Thompson's really unhappy with Peter. And he's following Peter, to which Peter throws the spider beam once again and distracts Flash Thompson. Uh, with the spider beam? I hate it. I hate the spider beam. I, I can't do it. I, I hate the spider beam as much as you love Montana. <laughs> I have a question I'd like to talk. I'd like to talk about Flash Thompson. All right. All right. Fine. I think Flash Thompson starts off in Amazing Fantasy as the foil to Spider-Man, and he's supposed to be Spider-Man's, uh, uh, Peter Parker's biggest nemesis who's going to cause all sorts of trouble with him and bully him at school and call him Egghead and Puny Parker forever. And I think that is not his role right now. I think that's his secondary role. I would argue his first role right now is to be Spider-Man's biggest fan. They've brought this up a lot lately. I think he's more of a Spider-Man fan than he is a Peter Parker foe. Uh, do you agree or disagree? I I completely agree. I think ever I actually ever think ever since Flash got kind of beat up by Peter Parker and tried to downplay it, you know, many issues ago, he's been apprehensive to really go at Peter. But I I agree, he is definitely like the number one Spider-Man cheerleader and like anything he can do to help out Spider-Man. He really he really digs Spider-Man. So, all right, well, James B, would you like to proceed? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> all right, so Throws the spider beam up, distracts Flash Thompson with the spider beam, once once again being used here. Spider-Man swings off, but he starts to have all these these uh, visions of past enemies, of Doc Ock, of the Sandman, of the Vulture. And he, he's like, oh, I got to go home to Aunt May. But then he finds no refuge there and kind of abruptly leaves Aunt May 
to which she is distraught about, you know, seeing Peter run out of the house. Um, and he goes to the psychiatrist who J. Jonah Jameson was um, talking to, Dr. Reinhardt. And um, he, he goes to the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist in Spider-Man, Spider-Man has these hallucinations and really gets all tripped up in this. And I, I'll just take a minute. You know, like, I really got to appreciate this comic for its kind of it's grappling with mental illness overall um seeing a psychiatrist and talking about these all these psychological problems i i think it's really progressive kind of of spider-man to recognize that this could be a major problem for someone who has been through a lot of traumatic experiences uh anyways i'll move on here the psychiatrist finally calms down peter parker j jonah jameson foswell goes to j jonah jameson and says, this guy is a fraud. J. Jonah Jameson is not happy. He runs right to the psychiatrist's office, bursts in and interrupts them just as as Spider-Man is about to like totally be fine with um, with Dr. Ludwig Reinhardt. And um, he, he stops Spider-Man from basically exposing himself. And then Spider-Man realizes like this is all like a scheme against him. And he runs, the, the uh, doctor, the fine doctor tries to run off, to which Spider-Man tackles him <laughs> and says, wait, who is this guy? Pulls off a mask, and there we go. We got Mysterio back. There's no parades for Mysterio in this one, too, James B. He pulls off the mask. There is Mysterio. Uh, Peter heads back to Aunt May. She's very upset that he kind of, he, he had run off, and she wants to make sure he's okay. And and that's, we kind of end with uh uh, Aunt May or Liz and Peter walking off, and Aunt May being upset, but not not too upset anymore uh, than she was before. James B, you have any uh, thoughts, comments about this uh, particular comic? Yeah, I got a lot. The uh, I like the last panel, um, the very last panel that it shows um, the faces. It finally they finally did what I wanted, which is showing Peter Parker and Spider Man sharing a face, which is what I wanted. You might remember I complained about that a couple podcasts ago. I didn't like that there was two faces because it's one person, half and half. I also want to mention to you that I know that you sometimes know things, sometimes don't, but most of the time you don't know Spider-Man history. Um, so in uh, in the 70s, I, um, I just double-checked which one it was for sure, but I knew that the Nixon administration reached out to Stan Lee and said, hey, I want you to put some uh, drug-related uh, comics out there to talk about these issues. And it was, um, it was Amazing Spider-Man. looks like it was 96 through 98 oh. that um, covered uh, drug issues and stuff. So they're actually going to do a, like a legitimate you know, the government's going to reach out and have Stanley try to send a message through Spider-Man. Uh, also, I'm going to be fooled in future issues very badly in the next couple issues of like who the bad guys are and stuff. I picked up on being this being Mysterio uh, kind of close to the end. Sometimes really? I remember things. Yeah, sometimes I remember things from reading them, but I something tripped in my mind and I was like, oh, this is going to be Mysterio. It was, you know, the fact that he's using the illusions and stuff i was like wait this is definitely a mysterio thing and now he takes off the mask and they show they show mysterio they could have taken off the mask in the beginning i wouldn't recognize it was mysterio but um you know i'm just saying i, I reckon I'm, i wasn't i wasn't fooled in this particular issue i i really thought i was going to see a reappearance of the chameleon here i mean i think the chameleon is extraordinarily clever but now that you point out that he had this whole scheme for hallucinations and kind of mirages and such which is a mysterio thing 
I, I can see that, James B., but Master of Disguise. I mean, how does he, Mysterio is also a Master of Disguise? I don't know. I find that a little upsetting. I, I really wanted to be the chameleon, so. You brought that up. You're right. It would have been better to have, for the disguise part, it would have been great to have the chameleon, although we're going to talk about, you know, um, soon that basically anybody could slap on a rubber mask anytime they want and be whoever they want to be. Uh, so don't get too hung up on, on Master of Disguises. I do want to mention I had um, I had a shocking panel and I had some insult in this one. On page 14 of the comic, Spider-Man walks in and says, everything's upside down, but I'm not standing, but I'm not standing on the ceiling, but I'd know if I were on the ceiling or would I? And then the word bubbles for uh, you know uh, Ludwig Reinhardt are written upside down because he's upside down in the comic and they had him talking. You have to turn the book, Eddie, to read what he's yeah. saying. Yes, I enjoy that very much. I agree. It's a great panel. I also had an insult. Now, this is a different kind of insult. Flash is chasing um, Jonah Jameson and he's, and he's complaining about the paper. And Jonah Jameson has three panels in a row and says three different things to Flash. He says, beat it, kid. If you've got a gripe, write me a letter. Then he says, okay, okay, my heart bleeds for you. Now get lost. Then he says, why don't you go play in traffic? So he literally just hits, the, hits him with, like, shut your face. You, I don't care. Kill yourself. You know what I mean? He's, <laughs> that's, that's a three correspondence that he has for him. It's a good old J. Jonah Jameson. I like when he's in good form like that, too. I really like the panel where Betty... Betty pushes Peter's head down <laughs> in uh, on page four there. She shoves his head, and that's when he sees the letter from Ned. That's uh, a, it's a good one for me. But this issue for me, I really enjoyed this issue. I, As stated when I was talking about it, I, this men, mental illness and making sure that we're all feeling good inside our heads. This is my public service announcement. You all out there should should do the same and seek out if you're, if you're having problems. I know my family history uh, is is confused by such things often. So uh, I'll, I'll try to keep it together again for another comic coming up. James B., are you ready for number 25? Actually, is this a good time for a sponsor break? Oh, how can I forget? Yes. Oh, boy. Trying to pass over the sponsor. Go for it. Um, yeah, we have a new sponsor this week, uh, Eddie. Eddie, the COVID pandemic has taken a physical toll on all of us. Uh, we can't ignore its impact on mental health either. Dr. Ludwig Reinhardt wants you to know it's normal to feel anxious, stressed, or sad. If you start hallucinating about former foes, or everything seems upside down, including rooms, call us right away. We have an inpatient and outpatient facilities across the country, and for superheroes who need to reveal identities, special in-home visits. Visit drludwigreinhardt.org backslash getcarenow. Don't delay behavioral health treatment. All right, that's what we're talking about, James B. Yes, visit Dr. Reinhardt, everyone. <laughs> Ignore the, the furniture on the ceiling when you walk in, though. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't pay too much attention to that one. <laughs> and if you're seeing things, well, hopefully hopefully it's it's not from Dr. Reinhardt. <laughs> all, right, all right, James B., now are you ready for number 25, captured by J. Jonah Jameson? Yes, I'm very excited about this. I actually, I actually will tell you, I enjoyed these two offbeat issues more than I thought I would. I, I absolutely love the number 24. 25 is is not one of my favorites, but I'm interested to hear why you enjoyed them. There, there's aspects of them that bothered me. All right, I'm going to go right into it, uh, James B. We open up with, uh, "See you later, Liz." It was 
good. I'm glad I could help you with your science studying, which, um, which good for Peter Parker hanging out with uh, Liz Allen there to uh, help her out with her science sciences. Uh, on the way home, the spider signal once a cunt comes into play. Your favorite James B. <laughs> And it's used in a way that I never anticipated. It shows the criminals, and then it goes to the police. And the police are guided by the spider, the spider signal, uh, to the criminals. Uh, Peter takes a few pictures, and he heads home. To which he's like, "Ah, I gotta finish. I gotta finish sewing my backup costume." Uh, he he really Peter Parker really hates sewing, but I gotta tell you he seems really good at it. Why why do you think Peter hates sewing and his costume like maintenance so much, James B? So they they want you to know the costume is going to become a major uh, plot point in the next couple issues. It's extremely important, actually. It's not even a joke, and they want you to know that he can sew. But by him saying, I hate to sew, they want you to know that it's a laborious task. Otherwise, they would have him sewing like, oh, why don't you just sew 20 Spider-Man costumes? So by letting you know he's good at it, which you know we've seen, but by making it seem like it's such a big deal, it's their way of, of covering that problem. Ah, that was that very good point, for sure. The costume ends up being, and I, I mean... I'm, well, as we will find out, it's impressive how good Peter's skills are at sewing uh, compared to other shabbier costumes going on. Anyways, anyways, I'm going to move on. Peter goes to the bugle. He starts. He sells the pictures that he took of the spider signal moving around with the, the police and the criminals. And an inventor stops by the bugle who tries to convince J. Jonah Jameson he's got a robot that will beat Spider-Man. J. Jonah Jameson is like, ah, these crazy plans. I'm not doing these anymore. To which Peter's like, you should try it out, uh, J. Jonah Jameson. There, in fact, there's always the chance that he may really have something. So he convinces he convinces uh, J. Jonah to really... Uh, look at the 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 robot here that Dr. Uh, Smythe has invented, and um, the robot senses spider stuff, and of course immediately attacks Peter. To which he's like, "Oh, there must be some error with the machine." But the robot is very strong, and J. Jonah Jameson decides to rent it. Betty is super upset at Peter for trying to convince you know J. Jonah Jameson another you know why are you trying to beat Spider-Man? Spider-Man's my guy. Um, later on, Peter's hanging out with Liz and. Uh, Flash spots him, and Flash eventually, Flash has had enough with Peter, and he's like, I'm going to meet you outside, and we're going to settle this, Peter. <laughs> so he, uh, Peter's like, oh, i got to deal with Flash. And then um, J. Jonah Jameson gets his big old grinning face on this robot, which is not one of my favorite kind of things to look at, but the robot starts coming after um, Peter Parker. He's got to make a run for it from both Flash's gang and the robot, and he swings up, but um, he barely has a chance to get his costume on by the time the robot catches up to him, and the robot chases after um, Spider-Man. He's a really tough robot, too, and we keep seeing these great... I will say the, the illustrations of J. Jonah on the robot are really great. Betty's back at the Daily Bugle. She tries to mess, it, mess up the whole chase by bumping into um, J. Jonah while he's trying to control uh, what's going on. Liz and Betty end up going to Peter's house to look for him, at which point they see Mary Jane, Mary Jane Watson. James B., Mary Jane Watson, when are we going to see her? And uh, I know you're talking about the costume having a future. Has there ever been anything that's gone on for so long with, that, with so much anticipation, James B.? She, she's right there on page 15. She, she I mean, looks like a screen star. You see her? 
<laughs> I, I see. Well, we do get to see her, but we don't see her stunning face, I guess, is, is what we end up not seeing, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's not like they're paying like an actress to play her. It's surprising that they choose not to show her. Unbelievably long time that it takes for us to see uh, Mary Jane Watson. But she does, I get, you are correct, she makes an appearance, albeit not a full one where we get to see her face. Uh, and Liz and Betty are not happy about this. Eventually, Spider-Man gets captured by this robot uh, in an intense, intense way. And Peter um, only finds his, or Spider-Man only finds his way out, Peter Parker Spider-Man, by disabling the robot with his, like, touch power. Uh, to which he puts his costume in the robot's hands. And J. Jonah Jameson is really angry. He takes a couple pictures of him. Uh, Peter takes a couple pictures of J. Jonah Jameson, really angry, just for his own posterity, and uh, heads home, to which Aunt May, she's found his other costume, right? And Peter's got to make a quick explanation. Now, as stated before in the last comic, I don't know, Peter Parker has a bunch of, has a Spider-Man costume, and Aunt May's like, oh, I just don't want you to wear it to a party. Not like, why do you have, I don't there seems to be not a whole bunch of explanation there. Uh, James B. at the end of this comic, uh, J. Joan Jameson has done something to basically terrorize the city again. There's been a whole battle that took a lot of panels all throughout this comic. Um, do you have any comments uh, for this this particular comic? I, you, I know you, you like this one. Do you remember some podcasts ago uh, I was reading to the terrible things that J. Joan Jameson's yeah, done? Uh... I believe the number one thing is that he... Uh, he has used a robot to try to uh, capture Spider-Man like four different times. I think that several might... times. I think that yes. was number one. Um, I I I liked it. It seemed like an unstoppable foe. Um, I thought the whole plot line with Betty Brant and Liz uh, running into Mary Jane was was great. And flashes, of course, running. I, I have to ask you a question about Betty Brant. How old do you think she is? Ooh. I think she's a high school dropout. I, I think she's like 17. How old do you think she is? Or do, I guess you would know. So I, I never looked it up particularly. No. I, I you think she, you think she's a high school dropout, huh? I think so. I think she's either a very recently graduated. She had yeah. to get a job also just to help out her brother. Remember? <laughs> so. Oh, it's I just, I just can't believe it. We think she's a dropout. I, I, I'm just gonna say she's. I mean, it wasn't like she intended to drop out, but she had to go to work, much like like Peter Parker. He just he just happens to be a super genius. So, couldn't she be going to like a different school, like a town away, and still be in a school as well? That's possible. That is also possible too. I I, I don't know. I, I haven't I haven't thought about Brady Brandt. I guess as much as I should. Do, I know do, you like this aspect of it, but I I do. I just didn't know if we're supposed to believe that she's like the older woman, and that's why Peter ignores Liz because mm. you know. I don't know. I think Betty Brant is drawn to not be as attractive as Liz. I'm always surprised that Peter's after Betty Brant. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I I can't keep up with all with the ladies in Peter Parker's life. That's your job, James B. (laughs) I'm not sure. You'll you'll have to we'll have to have another discussion in our next one. I'll think about it a lot more. So I like this issue because there's this robot. Who is Spider-Man can't defeat it, right? He's, you know, and then he uses his, you know, science skills to disable it. And then he's got all this, this, the costume becomes like a major character. 
going on in the plot line. Um, I thought that was, and then the fact that his cost, his other costume gets found by Aunt May, which is uh, finally somebody finds the costume. I'm like, that's good. Um, the fact that Peter eggs on, hey, let's do this. He's trying to get photos. He wants this this robot out there. And then Betty gets mad at him for it. I thought that was really good. I think there was just a lot of uh, the characters were just doing everything they had to do. And I thought it was just put together pretty. Now, do I want to read a comic where there's a robot, J. Jonah Jameson face running around? <laughs> Most of the time, no. But I uh, thought they did a really good job. I, I thought there was something interesting in this one, James B., and you correct me if I'm wrong. I felt like the pacing of this comic was a little bit different from the past. And I know at the start it says that Steve Ditko, right, dreamed up the plot of this tantalizing tale. I think he had a lot more input um, than perhaps in the past. And there's there's something about kind of how it's written it's, it's paced a little bit more slowly for me than uh, previous comics. There, there's some, it feels different, I guess I should say, than other comics. So it certainly is a different comic, but I do appreciate, it seems really hard for to come up with, you know, enemies for Spider-Man that are tougher than the previous ones, since the previous ones are so tough. Like, I mean, Scorpion was so tough, so. Well, speaking of pacing, I think it's time we... Uh wrap up this uh, before we pace past the 30 minute mark eddie (laughs) all right all right all right well i am i am eddie and here joined with james b and thank you for listening to let's read spider-man if you want to email us anytime you can email us at let's read spider-man at gmail.com and i I think i think i need a break from hosting james b maybe you'll take over for me next time what do you think sure i'll glad to help you out all right listeners have a good night bye There's some stuff in there we can use. I was probably too long-winded, but I really like. No, this one. no, that was actually good. That was fine. I think we. No, let's. You know, try not to talk too much. Yeah, we I, didn't. We we didn't. We didn't go back and forth a lot again. I really. It's because the know. summaries kill us. I, yeah, the summaries are really hard. The summaries bury us if they're. Yeah. You you've got to get you know, you got to get the summary shorter. And I and I admit that I don't even stick exactly to my script either. Yeah. But if you write a summary that's short, you don't want to then elaborate on your summary because. You know. True. Yeah, that's my problem because I always think of some side effect that I'm like, oh yeah, that was funny.